When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. Welcome to the Peter King Podcast. And it's a Peter King Podcast in a new space. It's the formidable NBC Sports Podcast space. So I'm very, very happy to be here. And in a few minutes, I'll have a special guest to help me kick off my podcast launch here at NBC Sports, and that's Peyton Manning. Stay tuned for that. You know, I never thought I would hear Peyton Manning wax eloquently on Elvis Presley, but Right here in this podcast, you're going to hear it. Here's a little snippet. What was unique about him was that he kind of had his own football league. He had a little touch football league, Peter, with his buddies. Full speed blocking, but it was touch. And, uh, and he had these plays that he drew up, and they were kind of uh, they were good plays, Peter. He had some crossing routes and kind of had some maybe a version of a pick play, if you will. Now, in my first podcast, I'm going to explain why Peyton Manning is talking about Elvis Presley. He's involved in a unique new venture with NFL Films and ESPN called Peyton's Places. In a couple of weeks, they're going to begin dropping a 30-episode series about a unique look at pro football history. And one of those pieces is Peyton Manning in Graceland talking about Elvis, the football fan. So that'll be cool. You'll hear from Peyton very soon. Now, a few things before we get started. I want to tell you about how this podcast is going to work. Each week, most weeks, I'm going to riff a little bit on the news of the week, uh, maybe give you three or four opinions on what's going on in the game of pro football as it enters its 100th season. And also, most weeks I'm going to have on a special guest uh, that week, maybe even two. Often it's going to be a member of the media who's written something topical, talked about something topical. So I'm just going to try to respond in every week, have a topical, new, fun podcast for you to listen to. First, I'd like to thank Chris Corcoran and Bob Tabador of Cadence 13. They were my podcast godfathers at Cadence for the last three years. I owe them any skill I have in this silly new game of the podcast world. So Bob and Chris, thanks for everything. Uh, and thanks for giving me all the lessons of basically unloading your podcast knowledge into my brain. I really, really appreciate it. So 
Let's get going with this week uh, as the NFL enters training camp season. I will be in Denver starting Friday with the Denver Broncos. They're the first team to open training camp practices this summer. So I'll be in Englewood, Colorado for a couple of weeks. You'll hear uh, my report from Broncos camp next week in this space. You know, but first, I want to talk about two or three things that have really hit me as I've come off vacation and started to get back into the swing of the NFL. So if you listen to this on Wednesday of this week, Wednesday, July 18, you will be also hearing about some items in the news. There is a fourth bargaining session between the players and the owners beginning today. It's supposed to last three days. Um, the NFL Management Council with a group of the owners that negotiate the CBA for the NFL and members of the 10-person uh, NFL PA Executive Committee. Uh, that includes people like Benjamin Watson of the Patriots, Richard Sherman of the 49ers, and Adam Vinatieri of the Colts. Um, you will probably hear some rumblings from those talks. Recently, you've also heard a little bit that the NFL is really hoping to get a deal done before the start of the 2019 season. You know, they have not even discussed one big issue yet. And here we are as this drops, it's July 18th. So very hard for me to imagine that this deal gets done before the start of this season. You know, as my friend Andrew Brand always says, deadline spur action. You know, with the deadline uh, for coming up with a new collective bargaining agreement, a full two NFL seasons away, I just can't see the NFL making its best offer, um, you know, 20 months out from that deadline. That's number one. Number two, the 18-game schedule. Mike Florio at Pro Football Talk uh, has been reporting a lot about this. Um, the Wall Street Journal reported last week that uh, NFL owners, um, you know, submitted sort of what I was told was sort of a feeler proposal. How would you guys feel about an 18-game schedule where the maximum number of games that each player could play would be 16? You know, and, and I have written a lot about this in the past few years. It's sort of the, the water cooler topic at a lot of league meetings that people talk about it. And, and, and I believe this was proposed, I was told, by one or two teams that are very bullish on this. One or two teams that really think their revenue could be increased, which of course it could, because it would be two more weeks of regular season television uh, for the NFL, and they could milk the networks for more money. To me, this is a pure greed push. That's all this is. This has nothing to do with improving the quality of the game. It has to do with how can we, we make more money. And I don't care if it's a maximum of 16. As one NFL person told me over the weekend, basically, you know, uh, and I'm going to quote him, imagine you pay to see Tom Brady and the Patriots, and the Patriots announced that week it's one of the two games he'll be sitting out this year. And now you're seeing Brian Hoyer throw to some practice squad guy? I don't see any way we could ever do that. I just think this is a total non-starter. Finally, you know, one thing I'm really looking forward to at the start of the NFL training camp season 
is how quickly the new quarterbacks get up to speed. You know, can Kyler Murray make it so that on Labor Day he can be confident in the Cliff Kingsbury offense? I think he will. What about Dwayne Haskins in Washington? I think that's a fascinating story, especially with the fact that Alex Smith, who had the very nasty broken leg uh, last year, uh, and they didn't know if he was ever going to play again, that Alex Smith uh, will see what kind of shape he's in Uh, And I doubt he's going to be in any shape to play at the start of the season. But then what about Colt McCoy? Washington and and obviously also Case Keenum. So Washington is a very interesting quarterback situation to watch. One of the most interesting that I've seen in the league in some time. And then, of course, there's other places. You know, Daniel Jones with the New York Giants. I expect him to have largely a redshirt year this year behind Eli Manning especially if the Giants are in quasi-contention. I think this is going to be a lot like the first year, what, 16, 17 years ago, uh, with Carson Palmer in Cincinnati, where he sat behind John Kitna all season. I don't expect to see Jones much, if at all. But again, if Eli Manning struggles, that could really tell a major tale. I'll be back with a little bit more on the other side of Peyton Manning, but... Let's let you hear Peyton Manning on all things NFL history, on his life these days, and on the aforementioned Elvis Presley. Back on the podcast here with Peyton Manning. I I must say, Peyton, we've we've had some uh, conversations before, but I don't think we've ever had a conversation (laughs) on a highway driving through Chicago on our way to Wrigley Field. And uh, just to let people understand what this is, this is one of your last tapings uh, on site um, for Peyton's Places, your new, uh, your new ESPN Plus show done by NFL Films. So we're going to talk about that a little bit, and we'll talk about you a little bit. But I want to ask you first, what has it been like doing kind of a television series? Well, Peter, it's been a lot of fun, and first off, you're exactly right. This is a unique conversation that you and I are having because it's the first time we've actually been in a moving vehicle. We're always on a stationary golf cart outside (laughs) training camp in Inglewood, Colorado, or Terre Haute, Indiana, so uh, that's what makes this different, but this has been a journey for, for me. I have learned a lot about the 100 years of football. I thought I knew a lot, Peter, and... Uh, there, there's been a ton that I did not know, and it, it has been fascinating. Give me a good example of a factoid or a story about the NFL that you didn't know that you found out and now are going to tell people. I guess the fact that in 1929 when the stock market crashed, a guy named Burt Bell basically lost his tail, and what does he do? He goes out and buys a football team for $50,000, which at the time was probably the worst investment you could make. A couple, bunch of guys in leather helmets running into each other, and that's what he does. And that team, the uh, uh, Frankfurt Yellow Jackets, turns into the Philadelphia Eagles. He starts the draft. He uh, gets them to play on Sundays. He puts the blackout rule in and uh, was kind of a founding pioneer of the NFL. I guess I also didn't realize the reason players were playing both ways back then is because owners didn't want to pay that many players. And so you had to play both ways. So I had to kind of 
learn what it was like to be Sammy Ball, to play safety uh, and, uh, and to play quarterback and punt it at the same time. So He probably had the best individual season of any player in history. You know, Leading the league in interceptions, leading the league in passing, and leading the league in punting in one year. All, all of my records are going down. Thank you, Drew Brees <laughs> and Tom Brady. Uh, there's a couple, though, that, that will not be broken, and that's one of them. No player will ever lead the league in, like you said, in those three categories. I also don't think uh, anybody's going to break Gail Sayers' six-touchdown records we're going to talk about in this shoot today. And I'm also convinced because we talked to him uh, during this journey that I don't think anybody's going to break Eric Dickerson's record with the way offenses are throwing the ball so much right. now. And let me tell you who likes that, Eric Dickerson. <laughs> he, he wants that record to hold. Adrian Peterson came close. So it, it has uh, – Learning all that has been a lot of fun. Who, who, how did this, where did the germination of this idea come from? Yeah, at the Super Bowl in Minnesota uh, two years ago, uh, sitting with some of the folks from the NFL and NFL films, and they kind of said, this is what, these are all the things we have planned for the 100th year of the NFL. The commercial that they did earlier this year, the Super Bowl, lots of other ideas. But we want to kind of tell the story of the NFL, but do it in a, in a way that the diehard football fan would like it, but maybe somebody who didn't care much about football might go, oh, that's that's kind of interesting. I didn't realize they wore stick'em back in the day and uh, the immaculate reception, kind of the history of that. Whatever it is, we just tried to do it in a way that's kind of fun and entertaining, and so they approached me about it. And I knew it was going to be a lot of time, I knew it was going to be a lot of travel, but it has been everything that I hoped it would be, spending time. When did you start doing it? Started last summer. It's been about a full year. Okay. Uh, the first one was uh, with uh, Jerry Rice, ran the hill, the famous hill with Jerry Rice, and went to old Kizar Stadium, Peter, which uh, I know fa Kizar Stadium. famous for yeah. a number of reasons, uh, not uh, just because a scene from Dirty Harry was filmed there. Jim Marshall ran the wrong way. John Brody went into the shotgun for the first time. Every quarterback ought to be thanking John Brody uh, for that. And uh, Wyatt Tittle threw the first alley-oop pass to wow. R.C. Owens. And so that's where we started, and that was a full year ago. And uh, But, you know, to sit down and watch Super Bowl three with Joe Namath to I mean, I, really, your thing with Namath was, was really cool. On the trailer that I've seen, playing pool with Joe Namath, Putting on the fur coat. No, you can't. You can't beat it, and and you can't. There's no way I would have I would have ever been able to, to do that again in any type of setting. And to watch the '58 championship game with Raymond Barry talking about Johnny Unitas, who I didn't play in Baltimore, but I played for the same team that he played for. My dad loved Johnny Unitas. Uh, to you know, to do this investigation, if you will, into the immaculate reception, to hear <laughs> to hear Phil Villapiano and and Franco and Bradshaw argue over whether it was you know trapped or it hit in the ground. That, in that one, you did that one in Los Angeles, That's right? right? That's right. You did that in Los Angeles, and my understanding is Bradshaw could not throw the ball. You know, his either his shoulder or his arm was hurt, so you actually had to throw the ball. Yeah, we had to. We were trying to see if we could replicate the immaculate reception which we came to the conclusion it's it's pretty once in a lifetime opportunity but i played i played terry bradshaw and kind of tried to execute the throw but it's a yeah it's a pretty hard thing to to uh to execute you know fuqua 
you know, Tatum, you got to hit each other at the same time. Our extras, our actors, if you will, pretty good athletes. I said, no, you're not hitting him. At the, you got to hit him right when the ball hits his chest. And the guy's like, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> so, and Bradshaw and Harrison and uh, Fuqua and everybody's watching. But uh, that, that, that we did a full, uh, a number of kind of shows about our number of shoots about the Immaculate Reception, where the ball is today. Where is the ball? The ball is in an insurance salesman's office in a vault, a full bank vault. If you wow. buy a little piece of insurance, you get to come in and view the football. I got to touch it. I felt like uh, Indiana Jones in the, you know, looking for the Holy Grail. Like, you know, it was, uh, it was. Uh, and where is it in Pittsburgh? It's in Pittsburgh. Wow. You know, you watch the play. Harris just kind of dropped the ball. You know, nowadays that ball is. It's going right to the Hall of Fame. If, yeah. you know, somebody's selling it, and uh, this this guy uh, was on the uh, on the field and grabbed it and has kept it and has had a number of offers, uh, uh, serious financial offers for it, and he just says it's a piece of Pittsburgh history and he's lucky to keep it. And uh, it, it was pretty special to visit with him. What do you think? Um, what do you think is going to be enjoyable for people to see? when they watch this you think every episode you're doing how many episodes yeah it's still kind of uh there's a lot of content and you know they can make them different links but yeah i'd say it's between you know 20 and 30 episodes they'll kind of space out through the 100th year of the nfl did you try to do something from all eras of football yeah that was the idea i mean you're talking about 100 years you can't cover every single topic. We tried to pick different cities, you know, the idea being called places, the different places we've been. And, you know, here you and I are in Chicago about to talk to George Hallis' daughter, Virginia McCaskey, talk to Mike Dicka. We're going to do something with the super fans, uh, Schmeigel and Went, the original yeah. De Bears fans. Uh, and uh, going to do something with Jerome Bettis uh, about the death of the fullback. Yeah. Uh, who is in the trailer? <laughs> who is the fullback? Who is, who is who's in that trailer? Is Moose, that Daryl John- Johnson? That's Moose yeah. Johnson. Yeah. yeah. And, and Moose is the one that says, you know, we're kind of investigating who killed the fullback. And he says, yeah. you need to talk to Bettis. And so that's why we're here today to, to <laughs> see, give Bettis a chance to defend himself for wanting to play tailback and refusing to go back to fullback when Rich Brooks uh, asked him to, and he said, no, I'm a tailback. And so we, we blame we blame Bettis, and we're going to give him a chance to defend himself. Uh, yeah, I, I think we picked different cities, and uh, yeah, obviously you go to New York, and there's, there's so many things to talk about, Washington, D.C. You have to go to Baltimore, talk about Unitas, talk about Baltimore Colts fans, Pittsburgh. So we, we've tried to pick different places and tell as many stories of those places that we could and definitely trying to capture – Way back in time, as well as you know, some current uh, current players and uh, places today as well. Did you have a favorite moment? A moment uh, where you said, "I can't really believe I'm doing this. This is cool." Uh, I definitely had a moment where I said, "I can't believe I'm doing this." When uh, you know, Peter did did research and and found out that Elvis Presley was not was not a just a fan i mean it, it's where the, t- the the term came from he was a fanatic i mean he was a diehard football fan with three tvs there at graceland where he could watch different games kind of was a, he knew jim brown uh kind of became a browns wow. fan he liked the steelers you know back then i guess all the teams had a little highlight tape made of each game that was played he requested that teams 
sent their highlight tape to him so he could watch. But what was unique about him was that he kind of had his own football league. He had a little touch football league, Peter, with his buddies. Full speed blocking, but it was touch. And, uh, and he had these plays that he drew up, and they were kind of uh, – they were good plays, Peter. They had some crossing routes and kind of had some – maybe a version of a pick play, if you will. And I kind of said, wow, Elvis – Elvis, mean you Elvis, saw the plays? They have the plays. I mean, Graceland has the most unbelievable archives. Wow. They had the, uh, the jersey that he wore. His who did he like? What, what well, was his team? Well, it's funny that he, when, he, when he played these games, it was uh, – if he had a movie or a concert coming up, his buddies made him wear a helmet. They didn't want to ruin the franchise, and so they have his helmet. Uh, I think he liked all football. He knew Jim Brown from some movies, and so he yeah. enjoyed Brown, but he kind of was a Steelers fan, that, um, his uh, his buddies said. but So we went to the field where he used to play these games, and whether it was on Saturdays or Sundays, and we took the plays, and we kind of ran these plays with these kids these high school kids in memphis that kind of didn't know what they were doing that day and uh so i was doing it and i kind of said you know elvis was all in he was a diehard i feel like something's missing i'll be right back and i came back in the uh, <laughs> 70s elvis costume and that was the point where i said what, good. what am i doing here and, and these kids were going what is this guy doing it was hard to throw it was a tight suit I never had that much you know chest hair and sideburns on but i actually made a couple decent throws but I guess just learning that that and, and thinking about I had Elvis, no idea about El, that Elvis Presley being a football fan and what it, what he would be like today with even more you know access and coverage and uh, so it kind of make kind of made me sad in some ways but it made me uh, made me proud to have been a part of football. Um, let's touch on a couple other things um, as long as you're here. So, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? You know, I've kind of found myself with a different project kind of for each year, and uh, uh, you kind of sign up for it and you go all in, and that's kind of what I've always been about and always just kind of, kind of had the one, you know, one main job. Uh, it was easy to say, what are you doing now? So I'm a you know, pro football player, kind of the end of the conversation. Now they say, what are you doing? I said, how long do you have? You know, what do you have? Do you, you know, give me at least 15 minutes to kind of explain. I don't have a one-word job description uh but i kind of find myself doing a number of different things that i have enjoyed kind of keep stimulated but also pr protect some free time i mean I, right. I, i'm here today in in chicago and actually going to louisiana from here i'm getting inducted into the louisiana sports hall of fame this weekend which will be a nice honor but i'll be back sunday morning for my son's flag football game and so uh i like the fact that i have some flexibility and and freedom to to be a part of uh, those sporting events and practices, school functions, um, but still kind of staying busy and stimulated. And it's, like I said, it's a variety of things. Uh, I don't have a clear picture of what five years or ten years uh, looks like from now. I still enjoy talking to people, Peter. I, I, I listen to people's ideas and potential. Uh, maybe opportunities, and if I say it kind of goes back to it, I was getting recruited in high school. If I say no, this is not a fit, I say no right away. And if, if it say it's something, maybe I look at another year, I'll take that approach. So, but in the meantime, I'm kind of kind of enjoying what I'm doing. Have you had an opportunity to run an NFL team since you left football? Uh, I you know I pretty uh, I had I've had talks with. Um, 
a, a few teams. It, it never we never got into any type of negotiation, if you will. But I, I think a lot of teams have. I think a couple of teams have expressed interest and kind of had conversations to kind of see. And I've kind of given them that that same answer. I've listened, and I just said, you know, that, Peter, that's a job that, and you've seen a number of guys do it. It is a it is not a one foot dip your toes in the water job. It is all in, all encompassing. And I guess because I have that respect for the job and what it is and what it takes, uh, that that's why I've kind of passed at this point. At some point, maybe I am ready to say, hey, I'm all in. And but it's just not there yet. At the same time, during this process, that's why I do try to stay as close to it and stay connected and in different ways, whether it's going to different camps or going to practices. I'm, Tom Coughlin uh, reached out to me this week. He wants me to come down and speak to the Jaguars, talk to the quarterbacks, and just uh, talk to their offensive coaches. And, you know, I, I think it's one thing when you play for two different teams, Peter, it, it kind of frees you up a little bit yeah. when you're not, you know, if I, if I, you don't feel you don't I, feel like you're betraying somebody the, the old by AFC going to talk South. to the Jaguars. Yeah, if I was playing yeah. for the Colts, I'd say no, yeah. a Jaguar. But you know, I guess you kind of free up, and I guess you look at it like, hey, if I can help help a quarterback if they ask me, or, or help a you know a, a young offensive coordinator, then I'm you know I'm willing to try. I'm really curious. You last year in your in your show where you totally uh, dissect quarterbacks, which was really really a cool show. Even though Patrick Mahomes is such a different player than you were, you really loved not only watching his tape, but you were totally fascinated by the kind of player he is. Yeah, well, I think everybody is, and I'm no different. I mean, some of the throws that he's making, yeah, it's not like anybody's seen before, whether it's, you know, the kind of the no-look throws. I mean, I think some of the sort of the – the ability to sprint left, throw back right. You know, he's got a little Elway in him. Elway was kind of famous for that. I mean, the Broncos actually started designing plays to sprint left and throw back right. Mahomes is still improvising. But what I like about him is that that he's, he's taking coach and Andy Reid is going to coach the stew out of him. I like that for him and his future. I like head coaches calling the offensive plays because you know they're going to be there. They're not going to have right. a coordinator – leave the next year and you got to learn this new system and it's kind of what Matt you know Ryan has had to deal with a little bit once Kyle Shanahan left and that's hard learning the new system so it was so interesting when you got to Denver you asked Jack Del Rio right and 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 I think it wasn't it Jack Del Rio and Adam Gase now you guys aren't going to leave are you exactly no, yeah that was that yeah. was yeah because cause you're looking for some continuity I mean I think Alex Smith told me I think he had five different coordinators his first five years and yeah it, it, it's tough, and so I like the fact that Mahomes is going to be coached, that he takes coaching, and that he plays in a in a disciplined system. At the same time, he can make a lot of plays on his own, and he's just fun and entertaining to watch. I like his kind of spirit and and love and passion for the game that shows up when you watch him play as well. So your life now, you don't really know what is going to happen with your life over the next five, eight, ten years, do you? Yeah, no, I mean not 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 years, but I, but I have, I have my one thing. I am, I think I missed my calling, like a event planner, Peter. <laughs> I mean, I have my calendar uh, scheduled, uh, you know, for the next year. I know I know where I'm going to be on, you know, December second uh, or. You know, February 9th, uh, a little bit to the uh, 
uh, irritation of, of some family members that don't know what they're doing February. I'm like, wait, I need to know because it's, you know, I got this thing on February. Are you going to be in town? So, uh, and I, I enjoy, you know, kind of the planning, whether it's a, a golf trip or going to have a get-together in, in – uh, in Tennessee next week and actually going into the Tennessee Hall of Fame. Got a bunch of old teammates and buddies and we're gonna have a get together. So uh, I, I'm kind of, you know, maybe one year out is probably fair. And uh, you, you just never know what what might pop up. And uh, um, and you kind of, that's just kind of how I've taken it in this second chapter, if you will. I do not use the, the R word. Everybody, the, the one question, if you really want to annoy me is, you know, how's, how's retirement? retirement? <laughs> oh my gosh, I just, I'm not sitting on my couch, and I'm not, uh, you know, sleeping in, uh, you know, it, you know, in the afternoons. I like my kids seeing me up. I like seeing them. I'm going to work. Whatever it is I'm doing, I have a version of work. I still try to stay in shape and work out, and, uh, and so I'm, I'm trying to enjoy it at the same time. How many halls of fame are you not in now? <laughs> let's 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 sort let's of count say, that. Say, well, I, I talked to the Colts. Uh, Indiana kind of has a split have a basketball and a football. It's in Richmond, Indiana, and they don't really – it's not – this Louisiana one, I, I went to it 30 years ago with, when my dad got inducted the same day as Bradshaw and Elvin Hayes. And so wow. – and, and old Reggie Wayne and Brandon Stokely went in last year. So I'm honored to be going into that. And then the Tennessee, I'm getting inducted the same year as uh, David Cutcliffe, who's been wow. my mentor and coach. And so, you know, I was, I was <coughs> talk, thinking yesterday, when you're playing pro ball – I mean, you just go, right, and you just play and you're all in and you don't really look back and reflect on your college or high school time because you just play. And so these past couple of months as I've kind of put some comments together, I really have reflected on my high school uh, years and playing and my college years. And so it's, it's kind of fun at the appropriate time to go down memory lane and think about how you kind of got started. I've always been proud to be from Louisiana. I see Ed Reed going into the Hall of Fame this year. That makes me proud that he's from Louisiana. And then Tennessee kind of adopted me. Right. And so to be to have these four football states be a part of your life, Louisiana, Tennessee, Colorado, and Indiana, has uh, has been special to me. So we'll end with this. I, I'm When people say, so what's Peyton Manning like? I always tell them the story of the Sportsman of the Year year. Um, when you got the Sportsman of the Year, and it happened in Denver, and – when you were going over details of this, I told people that he is so involved in every detail <laughs> that he said, well, these are kind of crappy vegetables. Uh, let's I, And I even forget whether you changed the broccoli to string beans or something like that. <laughs> it's a little audible. It's a late audible there. I, yeah. I, think, I think I did go green beans. You know, uh, I think for that, I mean, it was just authentic to, to have it in Denver in, in, in the locker room. Yeah, right? that was it wasn't pretty cool. A New York thing. And I guess I'm into that. Even on this on this show that we're doing, they wanted to do a premiere in New York, and I'm like, this is not a New York premiere. Right. So we're going to have a viewing, a screening in Canton, Ohio, with some football fans. See, that's great. That's what yeah. this show is about. Football fans. Let's do it in front of fans in the place where football got started. That that's that's more authentic, and and so. I think you're trying to keep it to those type things. Peyton Manning, uh, I don't need to tell you have a good life because I think you're going to have one, and you are having one. Thank you, Peter. Appreciate it very much. Great stuff from Manning. Really appreciate him sitting with me in Chicago in June um, on a taping day. 
uh, over at Wrigley Field. So next week, I'm going to have some Broncos news, some Broncos guests on my podcast. And also, I may have a special guest from the world of entertainment. We'll see how that goes. I'd also like to tell you to subscribe to a podcast that I have become uh, hooked on while on my uh, uh, treadmill work and my walks with the dog. It's Chris Sims Unbuttoned. It's a terrific pod. And this week, he has interviews with Aaron Rodgers, Steph Curry, and Charles Barkley. So one last thing. I really hope to see you on the training camp trail this year. In the next month, I'll be in Denver. I'll be at the Jets in New Jersey and going from Baltimore to Philadelphia, down to Charlotte, uh, actually to Spartanburg, South Carolina, to see the Carolina Panthers, then down to Georgia to see the Falcons. Then I'm making a Florida swing, the Bucks, the Dolphins, the Jags. Then uh, we'll be going over to New Orleans to check out the Saints. Then a day off going up to Indianapolis. We'll be seeing the Green Bay-Houston joint practices in Green Bay early in August. And that should be fun. J.J. Watt practicing uh, in the shadow of Lambeau Field. That'll be a lot of fun for a Wisconsin kid like Watt. Uh, Then we'll be going to Cleveland and Pittsburgh home for a few days, and then a West Coast swing, Arizona, Oakland, San Francisco, the Rams, the Cowboys, Seattle, the Chargers, and then off to Kansas City to see the team that many people, maybe including me, feel is a Super Bowl team this year, the Kansas City Chiefs. So I really appreciate you listening this week. And uh, I hope you'll become a regular listener to the Peter King podcast in the NBC Sports Podcast family. Look forward to talking to you every week this season and have a great, great week. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because I got a charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash.